guys did that fast. You guys introduced yourselves to one another? You did introduce yourself, right? Okay, so then the next question is, do you remember their name? Oh, man. Ha, oh, come on. It's more excusable in the morning than it is for the evening, okay? So, well, welcome uh, to our special service tonight, uh, our family here. For those of you that are watching online, uh, welcome, we, we know you're there. And for those of you that are listening on the radio, pay attention to your driving, please, all right? But welcome. Tonight's service is gonna be a little bit different than what most of you are accustomed to, what you maybe uh, walked into thinking, oh, it's Saturday night service. Yes, it is, but it's gonna be a little bit different. In one sense, the service tonight will be truly an application of God's word to our lives because of what has happened. Some of you might be wondering what did happen, and I'll, I'll get to that. But last weekend, we were saying Happy New Year's to one another, right? And for myself, every New Year's, um, I don't make resolutions because, just because most of you don't. You can't keep it. So what I do is I spend some time thinking about the previous year and looking at how faithful God was in that last year. Because I know that God's faithful in the past, he's faithful right now, he'll be faithful to his word in this coming year. Who would have ever thought that in four days, in four days of 2022, that something like this would take place? And some of you are still wondering what took place. And I'll get to that. But God is a God of love, and we say this all the time, and Pastor Ray's favorite phrase is this, God is good. All the time. All the time. Amen. And God is good. And see, during times when, when we're hit, when we're in shock, when we're going through difficult stuff, you fall back upon that which you know God is true for what you've experienced in your life you know that God is good regardless as to what you might be going through at the present moment regardless as to what we think we might be headed towards God is good and he's got it and he's got us and so we have a great future we have a tremendous hope in the Lord and I brought this out and you may have some in your pews there, okay? Uh, hopefully, and this, is, this isn't a prop. You know, hopefully, I can get through this part of the service, which basically is the announcements, but the announcements are a little bit different tonight. Um, if you have a Bible, would you open it up and turn to John chapter 14 with me? John chapter 14. And in John chapter 14, verse 1, it says this. Well, let me give you a little bit of the background, uh, kind of put it in order and context right now. The disciples and Jesus had just had the Last Supper, and, and they're getting ready for Passover. That was their pa Passover meal. And then Jesus lays this on his disciples. And it's kind of strange for the disciples. It was kind of shocking. They didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. But here in John chapter 14, verse 1, it says this. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. 
And these are the first three verses that I wanted to just look at. Number one, let not your hearts be troubled. This is coming from Jesus to his disciples, knowing what was about to happen to him, that Jesus was going to be crucified. And his disciples, their hearts were going to be broken, that they're going to be going through times of despair and disbelief. But Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. And I say that to us all now. The application of the word to us is not to let our hearts be troubled. Do you, you believe in God? Jesus says, believe also in me. This is the whole reason why Jesus went to the cross, that we could have this hope, this blessed hope that our sins would be forgiven, that we would be able to spend eternity there with God in heaven. He was about to do a tremendous work. He was about to sacrifice, lay his life down for those whom he loved. Ray loved Jesus. Right? Amen. And each one of you have seen that, you've heard it as he would teach, and you, you could feel it. You can feel it. He loved each one of you. God's word is so true. You believe in God, believe also in me. Verse 2. In my Father's house are many rooms or mansions. And that's one that's kind of a mystery to us all. We don't really know what that all means. Many rooms, many mansions. Sometimes people say, hey, you know, I'm hoping for this mansion in heaven. And it's like, well, I just want to get there. <laughs> I just want to get there, you know. And please, Lord, forgive me, right? You know, a little dirt clod like me, filled with the Holy Spirit, what do I have to offer? What do I deserve? I know what I deserve. But God's grace has been poured out upon all of us because of what Christ did for us. So important, so important in the busyness of life that all of us experience and go through to hang on to this, that Jesus died for you. He died for me, that my sins would be forgiven, that all of our lives, we come to this one point where it's our turn. Do you know Jesus? That's what's gonna matter. That's what is so, so important to have that. You believe in God? Jesus says, believe also in me. So important to have that. And if you don't tonight, I encourage you, open your heart to the Lord and ask him in. So important. The rest of this verse, uh, verse two, says this. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Jesus is asking a question to his disciples that never, ever heard him say anything incorrect, wrong. He never even came close to a lie. Every time he said anything, it always came to pass. One of my favorite phrases is, just as he said. Just as he said. Jesus, his words are so sure, so right. It's going to come to pass. Everything that he said is going to happen. Just like he said. Hang on to that. But notice, if I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus went to go and prepare a place for Ray. Jesus left to go prepare a place for each one of you. I can point at each one of you. No, I can't. It'd take too long. I'm only supposed to have two minutes up here. So, I'm just saying, okay, it's a slow clock. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. But he left over 2,000 years ago. Okay, with that piece in your mind, think about this other piece. In Genesis, God created everything that we see and that which is invisible. You look up at the stars at night, he created all that. 
the mountains, the, the majestic mountains, he created all that. The oceans, the depths of the sea, the animal kingdom, there's so many things. God created all of that in how long? You guys have read your Bibles. Yes, six days. He did it all in six days. That's mind-blowing. When you look at the world, there's so many things, earth itself, that are so remarkable, so majestic, so breathtaking. You know, there's, some of you have those screensavers on your computer and you, it's just like, wow. And it says, click on this if you like it, you know, and you get more of those scenes because it's so beautiful, it's so incredible, it's so awesome. Six days, over 2,000 years, Jesus has been working on that place in heaven for you, for Ray. His place was done. His place was finished. It says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. I'll take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Guess where Ray is right now? Yeah, absolutely. Ray's with Jesus. The word says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He's there. He's there. Ah, oh. shoot. <laughs> I never thought that Ray would go before me. I really didn't. See, we don't know when it's going to be done for us. Are you ready? Are you ready? Do you know Jesus? It's so important. It's so important. It doesn't matter what you accomplish in life. What matters is that you know Jesus and that he knows you. The Bible says that we love God only because he first loved us. God is love and he loves us. He loved Ray. I will take you to myself that where I am you may be also. So Ray, he ended up climbing the hill of the Lord as Jesus came to receive him unto himself. Yeah. What a beautiful thing. Being a Christian is the greatest thing in the world. Being a Christian at times can be one of the most difficult things in the world as well. Because we sorrow right now we miss him. It's okay to cry. We sorrow over him not being here. But we don't sorrow as those that don't have hope. We have hope. We're going to see him again. And it's not goodbye. Amen. It's not goodbye. It's, I'll see you in a little bit. How little? <laughs> no. I just, you know, and so um, in two weeks, uh, January 21st on, on a Friday at one o'clock, we're going to have a, a memorial for Pastor Ray. And hopefully all of you can make it. Uh, it'll be here in the sanctuary as well as out in the courtyard and if need be out in the fellowship hall too. So I'd encourage you to come early. And that's kind of the announcement part. It should be up behind me. I see a bunch of phones going up, taking pictures right now. I know you're not videotaping me. <laughs> Don't worry, I knew. So um, that's coming up. Again, the memorial is on Friday, January the 21st at one o'clock. Uh, continue to pray. Continue to pray for the family, for Vicki, for Daniel, for Annie, uh, the kids, the grandkids, for Buck. Man, you know, uh, it, your prayers right now are felt 
and are so, so important, continue to lift them up in prayer. And oftentimes, at times like this, in the very, very beginning, we get bombarded with prayer and encouragement and, and that. I just want to encourage you to continue to do that. Don't let it just be for one day, two days, a week, but continue it on. As Paul would pray oftentimes in his epistles for the different churches that he had ministered to and started, what he says in the beginning of many letters is this, I always remember you in prayer. He prayed constantly for those that he felt that he had led to the Lord, that the church had started always in his thoughts and prayers. Awesome. So I just encourage you to remember the family. I know that they feel it and totally thankful for it. For myself, with Ray, um, we've had a lot of different crazy, blessed moments and experiences. I, I met Ray. Ray and I go back a, a few months um, I met Ray back in 1976. I was 10. I'm just kidding. I was 12. Okay? I was 12. And I'll swear to that. No, I'm kidding. But I noticed this about this guy, Ray Bentley, that he had a call upon his life. Unlike those that I had scene, I could see God's hand upon him and that had, God had gifted him way back then. And it was really special. We became very, very close friends from 76 on and spending a lot of time together, very special times. And I feel very, very privileged to have been his friend for that long. And honored to be able to serve in the ministry alongside Ray. A very special thing. I have to say this about Ray though, and this is really leading me up to my second announcement. See, I only had two minutes. My second announcement, and it happens to be about a tribute page that uh, we're going to have, and hopefully it'll be up behind me here. But as it's up there, uh, there's a tribute page, there's a link for that page on our website, maranathachapel.org, and that uh, link will get you to this, this section where you can go ahead and leave comments, thoughts, uh, moments, and it'll be recorded there. And you can leave some of the things maybe that nobody else knows about Ray, that he spoke to you at this point here, or you, you know, you had a flat tire and he pulled alongside the road and made a call. <laughs> you know he wasn't going to fix it. <laughs> if you know Ray like I know Ray, <laughs> he was going to hurt himself with a wrench. Okay, so it's not happening. He could do that. Okay, but uh, Ray, so funny. Oh my gosh, I have so many different names for him. Um, one of endearment, I always call him Rayburn. People would look at me like, who's that? <laughs> That's Pastor Ray. His name is Rayburn John Bentley, but I always call him Rayburn. And then he'd go, Glenardo. <laughs> He couldn't say Glenn, he'd say Glenardo, you know, it's like, okay. So that was our thing, you know, in talking with each other. If I was in trouble with them, then it was Glenn, but uh, it was always Glenardo. But so many different moments in ministry, in Africa, in Israel, just all over the world with him, and just to see how the Lord would work through him absolutely amazing that it didn't matter where we were people understood that 
God loved them, that Jesus had died for them. And he was always reaching out to people. Didn't matter where he was, always reaching out to people. But getting back to, getting back to him making the angels work overtime, I'm just gonna share one little thing and then I'll close in prayer. No, I'm kidding. Um, this one little thing is this. <laughs> Ray and I were out playing racquetball, as we always did. And on our way back, we were on Black Mountain Road, headed north, coming up to the intersection of Mira Mesa Boulevard. And you guys know it's a pretty busy intersection. Well, this was a few years back, not like how it is now. It's really crazy now. But back then, it was still bad enough. So we're headed north, we're, we're coming up to the intersection there, and the signal just turned red. And the cars were all stopped, the northbound and southbound side of Black Mountain Road, they were all stopped. And we're coming up to Mira Mesa Boulevard. He doesn't slow down. That's right, he just wouldn't slow down. And he was just off in his little world with some thought. And I knew right then and there, if I said, uh, Ray, stop, we would have stopped in the middle of the intersection. So I just went, I braced for impact and just was like, and we went right through the intersection. And there was no screeching behind us or alongside us. I was like, Ray, the light was red. And he, and he looked in the rearview mirror and he went, woohoo! <laughs> Typical Ray fashion right there is like, woohoo! But could you see the carcasses of the angels laying out there like, oh, holding cars off and making engines stop running, you know? People going, what's, what's going on with my car? <laughs> you know, so we can go right through it. And if you're a police officer here, that ticket, you're gonna have to hand deliver it, okay? <laughs> to Ray, not me, he was driving. But there's so many stories like that. So that one there got him the name Crash, you know? Uh, yeah, those of you that know Ray know that he loved uh, mopeds and Vespas and uh, we named him Scooter after that. Because <laughs> he crashed right behind the church here. Paramedics had to come and get him. It wasn't good. Training wheels were still on. But, and then a couple years later, he was out there in Ramona by himself, just cruising. And he was probably off talking to God somewhere and he bit the chorizo out there. And my goodness, you know, was, he ended up in the hospital. And he looked like he had played football in the NFL without a helmet on. Uh, so that was the last time for Scooter. But what I'm saying with all these, there's tons of stories that I have about Ray. I can be bought. But those incredible amount of stories. But I'm pointing at all of you right now because you have been blessed. God has blessed you. You got an opportunity to hear from one of the great teachers of God's word. And he knows your name. That teacher that teaches so well, that conveys the grace of God to us, did he spend time talking to you? Would he pray for you after every service? Would he greet you out in the courtyard? Absolutely. He loved every single one of you. Every single one of you. We're so, so blessed. And so all that to say, yes, we have a tribute page. So think about some of the things that you could share maybe a moment, something he prayed for, you know, in your life, but it's personal, it's, it's your, it's what, that moment that you 
and Ray had. And you, you can put it there in the comments on the tribute page. We also have some paper that's around the, the front of the um, lobby and people have been writing little things out there as well. You, you're welcome to do that. The other thing, my third announcement, huh, told you two minutes. My third announcement is this, that the family, the Bentley family, are so, so thankful for the outpouring of your love towards them. And you've blessed them so much. They have so many flowers. They can open up their own flower shop. And what they have asked is that if you're inclined to do so, to donate to the Nehemiah Fund, to do that. Donate to the Nehemiah Fund. And those of you that are clapping, you understand this. Those of you that are going, this is an interesting service. Well, the Nehemiah Fund, Pastor Ray has such a passion for blessing Israel. And blessing Israel is an important thing. He taught me that. It's so important. The word says that those who bless Israel, God will bless. But those that curse Israel, God will curse. And Ray figured this out real quick. Hey, that's a no-brainer. Bless Israel. Well, what can we do to bless Israel? And he started the Nehemiah Fund to rebuild the wall, as Nehemiah was commissioned to go and do, was to go and rebuild Israel, help bring the Jews back, and then help to get them going again. And so many other things have come up and out of the Nehemiah Fund. So, again, the family has asked that uh, you go ahead and donate, if you're inclined to do so, to the Nehemiah Fund, and that will continue on. That'll be one of those things that Pastor Ray started that will continue on and will continue to bless. Amen? Amen. I feel like I'm forgetting something. No, I guess not. So uh, at this time, I'd like to have the ushers come forward to receive the tithes and offerings. Uh, and as they do, let's all stand. And if you're a visitor here tonight, uh, please don't feel any kind of pressure or obligation to, to have to give. You don't. Okay, we just want, we're glad you're here and a part of our special time. And for those of you that are members here, uh, don't feel any pressure that you have to give either. God, in his word, says that he loves a cheerful giver and that we would give hilariously, like, ha, 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 there's my mortgage payment. No, I'm kidding, you know. <laughs> but... It's the idea that, and the understanding that we're giving back to the Lord out of worship. It's part of our worship back to God. That's what th this time is. So would you join me in prayer right now as we pray for this offering? Heavenly Father, we wanna thank you so much for this special time. And we thank you, God, for Pastor Ray and that he's present and accounted for. He's there in your presence, beholding your face. Lord, he knows right now, even as he is known. And Lord, your word tells us that all of us, that we're just pilgrims, we're sojourners, just passing through this world, this place, not to hold fast to this world, not to like it too, too much, because our home is in heaven. We're citizens of heaven. And right now, Ray is a resident of heaven. We thank you so much for that, Lord. Thank you for your promises. Thank you that you're good to your word. Thank you that you love us like you do, Lord. Lord, may you touch hearts tonight. May you comfort those that mourn. We all feel sadness, Lord. We all will miss Ray. We miss him now, Lord. 
But we thank you, God, that you're not a robber, that you're good. Lord, you have a plan and we're going to move forward because of you, Lord. Your good hand in our lives. We thank you. And Father, as we give tonight, may you take it and use it to the furthering of your kingdom, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I just wanted to come tonight with my family, standing around me, standing with me, because you guys are our family. And I had to come to share with you, to talk to you, to, to just let you know how much you are loved, how much Ray has loved you, that you have always been Ray's heart and, and mine. And, as your shepherd, as a pastor, as your friend, as a believer. Ray loved every one of you, and so do we. We love you, and we are family, and so we need to share this, um, to share the grief and to share the rejoicing. I know there are others who are going through the same thing, and so for us, we need to do it together. And one of Ray's favorite scripture was, Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And now, raise faith is sight. Mm. He is before the king. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just wanted, there's been such an outpouring, and, and our family is so blessed because you have, you love us, and I want you to know how much you were loved and how much you are loved now. And I want to thank you for every call and every text and every message. I want to thank you for the beautiful flowers and the, and the gifts and, and the food. And most of all, I want to thank you for each and every prayer because it has been a comfort and and. And it has been the strength that is lifting up and holding my family together and more than you will ever know. And I want you to know that you've always been raised heart. If we didn't know where he was, we could find him here. <laughs> he was never lost, even though Glenn says he was. <laughs> But he was never lost. He was always here. And even as you have always been Ray's heart, as he lived out his walk with our precious Lord, he wanted desperately for everyone to know Jesus because he loved Jesus so much and he loved you so much. I mean, the whole, you know, the mission of the church, love God and love people. And, and so that is for us to be reminded of. He wanted desperately for everybody to know Jesus, to step into the story, to join him as he just ran on this adventure of faith and to believe and to walk in all of each and all of the prophetic promises in the power and the might and the majesty of the Holy Spirit, Amen. all that God has spoken to him out of his word. And so this last Tuesday, January 4th, 2022, Ray proclaimed, he looked at Annie and he said, I am walking up the mountain of the Lord. I am walking up the mountain with the Lord. And then he said triumphantly, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And the next breath he took was before the King of Kings in glory. 
No man took his life, no sickness, no demon, no anything. He laid it down. He laid down every weight, gave it back to the Lord, gave up his praise, and God said, come home. And you saw different pictures there, and you saw every year my hair changed color. (laughs) I love that. Um, And every year, Ray would pray about a word to share with you, Mm. the Maranatha family, from the Lord. It was a theme word and a scripture that would personify what what, what he understood that the year would hold. It would be a word to reflect and to guide his ministry and, and his life. And, and so in 2021, Ray was surprised and he said, oh, it's a two word year because they were so intertwined. And those two words for this past year were restoration and visitation. And you have to have one to have the other one. You have to turn around and be restored and then have the visitation of the Lord. And so I want to share with you the word that Ray felt the Holy Spirit had proclaimed for 2022. Daniel is gonna teach it. He told me, I talked to him about it and he said he was gonna teach on it next week. And so I asked permission if I could just give the word this week just share that word with you this week and kind of prepare your hearts for what he's going to talk about. But Ray was so faithful to speak the whole counsel of God, the whole prophetic word, never wavering in what he was saying about what this word said and what it meant. And, and he wanted to prepare us to walk worthy of the calling because the time is short. And so he has... Um, experienced this word for 2022 in the most dramatic, ultimate way that could be. Because the word for this year, 2022, is breakthrough. Amen. And so he has broken through. He is before the king in the Shekinah glory with the angels and the saints that have gone before, and now it is time for us to break through, wherever and however, but I just want you to know that God is good all the time. All the time. All the time, God is good. And it is time. Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon, and I love you. Amen. Thank you for everything. we get into the word for a minute? Go ahead and uh, if you have a Bible, open it with me to Matthew chapter 11. And I just have to tell you, it is so good to be with you tonight. I'm so thankful that you're here. So thankful for you guys. The title of this message is A Word of Comfort for the Weary. A Word of Comfort for the Weary. And, you know, today is about grieving together as a church family. And I told my wife I was actually looking forward to this weekend, as hard as it is, because I wanted an opportunity to grieve with my church family. And The Bible talks about how when one part of the body suffers, the rest of the body kind of rallies around and suffers with it. And and so your presence here tonight just speaks volumes about your heart. The Bible says we don't sorrow as those who have no hope. Somebody say amen. Amen. 
There's a great preacher from a century ago. Dale Moody was his name, and he's one of my spiritual heroes. And he once said this. He said, someday you will read in the papers that Moody is dead. Don't you believe a word of it. At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. I was born of the flesh in 1837. I was born of the spirit in 1855. That which is born of the flesh may die. That which is born of the spirit shall live forever. And I'm here to tell you this evening that Ray Bentley, your pastor, my dad, is more alive at this moment than he has ever been. Amen. This is the hope that we have. This is the hope that we carry. You just heard my mom describe how the last word on his lips in this life was the name of Jesus. And you have to know that that was followed by the first words that he heard in heaven when he entered the presence of the Lord. And he heard, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your reward prepared for you by my father and the angels in heaven. You know, the Bible talks about how we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. You can read about that in Hebrews chapter 12. And I believe my dad is one of those witnesses. He's sitting in the grandstands, and he's cheering us on. He finished his leg of the race, and he ran faithfully, and he carried that baton, and now he's handing it off to us. And I'm not totally sure on the theology of all of this, but I, I believe that he sees us. And I talk to him. I tell him I love him. I tell him I miss him. I tell him that I can't wait to see him. And I just have to tell you that I feel so lucky, though. I feel so lucky because for 42 years, I got to live with this man and grow under his teaching. And my dad impacted my life in such incredible ways. And the thing is, he did that with so many people. That's why you're all here, right? He had this incredible ministry. And he was one of those rare people that when you met him, you just liked him. You couldn't not like my dad. And I'll be honest with you guys, I used to get jealous of you because I had to share my dad with thousands and thousands of people. But the thing about it is, is he made deposits in every one of your lives. And he gave a piece of his heart to every one of you. And let me tell you, in the past week, all that has been coming back to me. And I feel like the little deposits that he made in your heart are coming back to me in every hug that I'm receiving and every text that I'm receiving. And it's like this tsunami of love and encouragement that I'm receiving, that my family's receiving. And it was like, almost like he knew I'm not going to be around forever. And so I'm going to put a little piece of me in everyone so that they can be made and be the arms of Jesus, the love of Jesus to you when I'm gone. And it's all overwhelming. When I preached last weekend about God doing a new thing, many of you were here. I didn't realize at the time that I was prophesying. I talked, if you were here, I talked about how moving into that new thing that God is doing is scary. It's intimidating, and so we'd rather stay with what's familiar, and now you're getting to see me live out in real time the truth of what I said. There's a lot of scary things about moving into the future, and I have my fears. But I can tell you that God is with me. He's with us. He's with this church. He's gone before us. He's prepared us. And he'll never leave us. He will uphold us. Equally interesting, I, God, I knew I was going to be preaching this weekend as well. And it was Tuesday morning. It was the day my dad passed. And God gave me the text that he wanted me to preach on this, this, after, this evening and tomorrow. And it was Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Obviously, these are well-known verses. And God knew at that moment that this was the word that our church was going to need to hear. And it's amazing because as I, I'm preaching to you this evening, this is my dad's Bible that I'm preaching out of. 
He got this Bible when he was 11 years old. <laughs> I don't have anything from when I was 11. He kept this Bible. My mom recovered it for him for one of their anniversaries. And I was over at her house, and I, I, he had passed. And I said, I, I want to preach from Dad's Bible. You know? And so she walks over to the, the bookshelf where the Bible was sitting, where he would have his devotions in the morning. And, and then she, she says, oh, look at this. She hands me the Bible. And then she says, look at this. I just have to share this story with you. I think it's so great. So my dad, here's his journal. And she grabs his journal off the, the bookshelf, and she randomly flips it open to a page. And she just begins to read out loud. And, and, and this, is what, this is what she read, May 24th. Praise the Lord, my angel is coming home. Thank you, Lord. She's so beautiful, Lord. My Rachel, my sweet Victoria, my Ruth. She is my gift from heaven. Her eyes dance with light and sparkle with fire when she laughs. Oh, how I love to make her laugh and smile. Like my dad, right? <laughs> Away with words, brilliant. And then, so my dad. The next line said this, oops, I just hung up on her, bye. <laughs> That's Ray Bentley, B poetic, brilliant, doting, loving, hilarious. I just had to share that story. So this, this is his Bible, and I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna read out of it, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach to myself, and you guys are gonna eavesdrop on a conversation between me and the Lord. I, I hope and pray it ministers to you. This is Matthew 11, verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then my dad has this note written in here, which I'm just seeing now. By the faith of a child, we enter into the rest. Amen? Amen. The context of this passage, if you look at it, the, the beginning of chapter 11, it opens with the disciples of John the Baptist coming to Jesus with a question. They had a lot of confusion. And John was imprisoned at the time. And, and so he sent his followers to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah? Are you the one we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for someone else? You see, there were some things that Jesus were, was doing that didn't align with their expectations. They thought things should look a certain way. They wanted someone to come in and conquer Rome. And Jesus, he didn't fit their mold. They were confused. They were lost. They didn't understand why. Kind of like us. And so Jesus issues this invitation to come to him. It's an invitation to come to Jesus. If you've ever been to New York and had the opportunity to visit the Statue of Liberty, you know that there's a poem inscribed on the base of it. It's written by a woman named Emma Lazarus. And part of that poem reads, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Beautiful words. I don't know if Emma Lazarus was a believer or not. I know she was Jewish, so maybe. But I think there's a, a striking similarity there between what she wrote and what Jesus said. And perhaps she was inspired by him. I don't know. But as we look at his invitation, it's broader in its scope. And it's more reaching, far reaching in its promise. It begins with the word, come. Come to me. This is the invitation of Jesus to this church tonight. Come to me, he says. God doesn't hold us at arm's length, but he bids us come. He invites us to come. And the Bible is filled with invitations to come into the presence of the Lord. I just want to read a smattering of those invitations to you. Come now, Isaiah the prophet declares, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isaiah 1.18. Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, 
where we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Do you have a need this evening? I know I do. And so God invites us to come to his throne of grace. He invites us to come and sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker. For we are his people, the sheep of his pasture, the flock under his care. Just one more. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come and drink of the free gift of the water of life, Revelation 22, 17. And then this invitation here, come to me. And this is an invitation to the weary and to the burdened. If you're weary, if you're heavy laden, if your heart is weighed down tonight, then Jesus is inviting you to come to him. His words were meant for you. Now, the word weary described a traveler who was in the midst of a long journey, and they had come a long way, but they still had a long way to go. Doesn't that describe life? I mean, life has a weariness factor about it. And it just weighs us down. Some of you are weary from the journey, weary from the loss, weary from the struggle. There was a, a man named Rich Mullins. He said it like this, the biggest problem with life is that it's just so daily. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And it just hits you. It's like the tide, and it erodes your strength. Many of us are weary from COVID. Can I get an amen? amen. Think about it like this. If COVID were a high schooler, it would be entering its junior year. This has led many to experience what they call pandemic exhaustion. It's a thing that has become so common that it's even garnered its own Wikipedia page. It's described or defined as the state of being worn out by recommended precautions, restrictions related to the pandemic. It's often manifested by boredom, depression, other psychological issues, including physical exhaustion. The point is, many of us are weary. We qualify. There's also a burden to life, isn't there? The word burden and in those days, it used to describe the backpack that a soldier would be forced to, to carry. But there's other burdens that we carry. I know as a minister, Paul the apostle talked about the burden that he bore of caring for the churches. And I feel the weight of this, this burden of, of caring now for this church. And I feel the weight of that. My dad was a legend. Larger than life, you know? I've heard people say it like this, you should never meet your heroes because you'll just walk away disappointed. But I got to live with my hero for 42 years, and it just inspired me to want to love Jesus and know Jesus more. He might have only been 5'11 in stature. He liked to say he was 5'11 and 3 quarters. He desperately wanted to be 6 feet. 5'11 <laughs> and 3 quarters. Put that down on the license, you know? But he was. He was a giant, amen? A spiritual giant. And so how do I bear the burden of stepping into this responsibility? I mean, standing behind this pulpit. And I was at a benefit about a year ago. And um, at the time, uh, the, the guest speaker was this guy named Heath Bell. He was a, a reliever, a closer. You know what the closer is in a baseball game? He's the guy that goes up there and saves the game for the team in the ninth inning. A lot of pressure on that position. And I had the opportunity to talk with Heath Bell. And in the course of the conversation, at one point, I said to him, now, you, you took over for Trevor Hoffman, huh? And, and Trevor Hoffman is a San Diego hero. He's an absolute legend. And Heath Bell had an amazing career as well. But he took over for Trevor Hoffman. And I'm talking to him about this. And I said to him at one point, how did how did that feel to have to fill the shoes of this San Diego legend, this Hall of Famer, Trevor Hoffman? How did you do that? And he goes, it was easy. And I was like, really? And he said, yeah. Trevor Hoffman and I have different sized feet, so I didn't even try on his shoes. I just <laughs> wore my own, and I did me. Amen. God made one Ray Bentley. He broke the mold. There will never be another one. But he left a lot of himself in me. I've got his smile. I look just like him. And one thing I can promise you, 
is that I will lead you to Jesus just like he did. I will point you to Jesus just like he did. And together we'll seek Jesus, amen? So it's an invitation to come, from Jesus, to come to Jesus. It's an invitation to learn from Jesus. Come and learn of me. And, and, and that really is the best translation of that phrase. Don't, not just learn about me. Jesus says, I want you to learn me. And, and a disciple, the word disciple is, it literally can be translated learner. So he's inviting us into a life of discipleship. It's a personal learning about how to live and how to act and how to be and how to do life with him. And then he describes himself. So what do we learn as we learn Jesus? Well, we learn what he's like. And he describes himself here for us in the most poignant way. It's interesting. This is the only self-description that Jesus ever gives in the Bible, anywhere that I can find in the Bible. This is Jesus' self-portrait of himself. So what does he say? What is he like? He says, I'm gentle and lowly. And what is that? Well, it's not the description you would get of any Hollywood star. I've never heard Kanye use those words to describe himself. God bless Kanye West, but gentle and humble. Gentle means strength under control. Don't think weakness. It was used of a wild stallion that had been tamed, that could be controlled. And humble means lowly. It was the picture of a servant. And so the idea is, here's Jesus, who is Lord and master of all. And yet he humbles himself and takes the place of a servant. And he gives us a model. And so we're going to be a church that humbly serves one another, serves our community. And as we become like him, as we spend time with him, as we learn from him, we'll begin to serve one another in humble love. And that will increasingly characterize our lives. It's also an invitation to yoke up with Jesus. We can't forget, Jesus was a carpenter before he began his ministry. And growing up in agrarian culture there in Galilee and Nazareth and working as an apprentice in his father's carpentry shop, he would have been very familiar with the yoke that would be wrapped around the oxen. In fact, maybe there was a sign out front of their store that said, we make an easy yoke. The way a yoke worked, it was a harness that fit around the necks of two oxen. You'd take, take a younger ox and an older, stronger ox, and you would pair them together to ease the burden. And by inviting us to yoke up with him, Jesus is asking us to allow him to carry the load. And you have to know that ministers to me. I hope it ministers to you this evening. Ask you a question. What burden are you carrying this evening? Some of us, myself included, bear the burden of, of grief. Others are trying to carry this, this burden, this yoke of religion. Others carry the yoke of trying to live up to other people's expectations. And some of us are just weighed down by the burdens of life. And what are you going to do with that weight? I read this past week that the world record for a squat, so lifting the most weight, is about 1,084 pounds. That's, that's quite a bit more than I can do, a lot more than I can do. Maybe a couple of hundred pounds for many of us. 1,000 is the world record. It's a lot, but it's not enough, right? Life piles on. And it's more than any one of us can bear on our own. And so Jesus is saying, yoke up with me. It might be too much for you, but it's not for me. Remember that song we used to sing when we were kids in Sunday school? It's kind of like the Christian version of Baby Shark. It goes like this. He's got the whole world. Sing it. In his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole He's got the mama's. OK, no. <laughs> that was a very, very Bentley thing to do, right? <clears throat> I love this verse, Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Listen, when Jesus went to the cross, he bore every weight. He lifted every burden. He took our guilt. He bore our shame. And that means that there is nothing left for us to carry. When Jesus cried out, it is finished, or to tell us die, 
He meant that there was nothing left undone. And so if you are carrying a weight this evening that is too much for you to carry, it only means that you are carrying something that Jesus never intended for you to bear. Bring it to him. Last thought. It's an invitation to rest. Jesus mentions rest twice in this short little passage that we've been looking at. He says, I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest for your souls. And don't you know that there is a weariness of soul that afflicts us? It's different than just physical exhaustion. And here's how you know that's true. How many of you, you go on a vacation, but it's not till day two, day three, day four that you're on vacation because it just takes that much time for your soul to catch up. That's, that's the soul weariness that Jesus is addressing here. There's a story about these European missionaries who hired a group of porters to carry their gear with them as they were going into this remote village to, to share and minister the gospel. And after three days of hiking, the porters said they couldn't go any further. The missionaries asked them what's wrong, and the response came back, we can't go any further today. We'll leave tomorrow. But yesterday, we traveled so far and so fast that we must wait here for our souls to catch up with us. Do you feel like you need your soul to catch up? Jesus wants to give rest to weary souls this evening. The Bible says, you know, that God created the earth in six days, and then man was created then on the sixth day. But then the seventh day, what happened? He rested. What does that mean for us? It means that the first day of Adam and Eve's existence was spent resting in the finished work of what God had already done. They entered into his rest. Jesus hung on the cross for six hours, and in the seventh hour, he entered his rest. And the author of Hebrews says, so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let's do our best to enter that rest. This is the invitation to the weary, to the heavy laden, to the grief stricken, to the tired, to those whose souls need rest, Jesus says, come to me. Would you bow your heads with me? Is your heart heavy today? Let him carry your load. Are you weighed down by life? Yoke up with him. Learn of him. Walk with him. And enter into an experience that rest. Jesus, thank you. Bless your name, Holy Father. You are a God who gives rest. You are a God who sees. You are a God who is acquainted with sorrows and grief. You are a God who knows what it's like to lose a son. You weep with those who weep. Thank you, God, for the promise that you are near to the brokenhearted. I sense that. I feel that. I'm walking in that awareness of your presence. You are with me, God. You are in me. You are with us, Father. You are with this church. And you've carried us this far, and you will see us through. Storms come and storms go, but the house that's built on the solid rock remains. Praise the name of the Lord. Bless your name, Father. We give you our hearts afresh and anew in this new season that we weren't expecting, but we trust you in it. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. 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 Wouldn't you love it if my dad would lead us one more time in the blessing? Wouldn't that just be the best? Let's let him lead us. OK, priests, lift up your hands. You're all priests that know the Lord, and you have great power. Your identity as a son of God or a daughter of the living God, your royal family, your royal birth, you have a royal future. You serve a royal king of all kings, Lord of all lords. Hallelujah. Your identity is in him. But you must also realize with that amazing 
powerful supernatural identity comes great authority. You have authority. You can live in that authority. You can exercise authority in the name of Jesus. You can live and walk in the spirit. You can influence your family, your marriage, your children, your people in your neighborhood, your community, your workplace. You have authority. And where you go, the kingdom of God goes with you. And wherever two or three are gathered, it's the church. It's ecclesia. But let's sing this blessing of Moses and Aaron over the people. The Lord bless thee. And keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee. The Lord bless thee. And keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee and be gracious unto thee the Lord lift up his countenance upon guys so much and I love you so much and I want to hug every single one of you because that's what my dad would do and I'm just I need your hugs and every story you want to tell me I want to hear every one of them so I'll be down in front waiting for your hug I love you God bless you and his services will be on the 21st but thank you for coming this evening God bless you <laughs>